0: Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two. Hey, hey, everybody! Welcome to One Dive at a Time. I'm your host, Rob Anderson. You've heard me say before. I'm the founder, director of Neptune Warrior, where our mission is healing. Heroes one dive at a time. Hey, today we are going to talk about the science of happiness. Now, I know that sounds a little gushy and maybe a little too feel-goody. But hey, brothers and sisters, that is in our US Constitution, the pursuit of happiness, and we're going to talk about the pursuit of happiness. We're going to talk about Dr. Martin Seligman's model called PERMA. He's actually the guy who founded The psychology or the science of happiness is something that is used as a model in the U.S. Army. And man, when you look at this model, it like, it makes a lot of sense. You're like, man, why why do I spend these days in misery when I've got all this stuff around me? And so it's just, it's taking recognition of that and doing some things to pursue your own Happiness. Hey, don't forget, you can also be a part of the show. If you call in to area code 208-254-0436, leave us a kind little voicemail. I've got a couple more voicemails I need to share with you. I'll do it later on. A couple of goodbyes to Cordy, but I did get a text message in. And I have been talking with this individual back and forth just to make sure that they are in a safe place. I had not intended that to be a part of that line. I had intended for it to be just, you know, a way to call in. But hey, you know, someone needed to talk to someone, wanted to reach out, and I do have his permission to share this. So I think my, it just proves I don't no longer have eight people listening to the show. I think I've got nine or ten at this point hey Rob I need a new dive buddy you talk about getting rid of excess lead off your emotional weight belt as someone who has struggled to just be content and happy in life how do I get that when it feels like everything is against me I recently found out my girlfriend is leaving me I basically secluded secluded myself and really just don't get out I've always struggled With finding friends, and she was always my lifeline to friendships. She says she left because she says I'm such a Debbie Downer. Well, again, I had a chance to just reach out to this diver, you know, say, hey, brother, you know, first of all, are you you in a safe place? He is in a safe place. He's got some good emotional support around him. Not thinking about hurting or harming himself. You know, since I went through that assist training, that's it's like one of the first things I think about when I hear a story like that or I read a text or whatever it's like okay I want to make sure this person is safe that's like the first thing I'm going to but that does play into this model of of happiness now I know on the past couple of shows I've been talking about everything from meditation to mindfulness uh, when you're diving again as a reminder man i got to stop using that word again I'm using that word again like it's a comma now that I've said it you guys are going to be pinpointed on every time i say the word again all right there'll be a lesson coming up on that later as well i i had a chance to really reflect on this model yesterday the pool on my site is now up to a amazing 68 degrees so i jumped in with a three mil I kind of just threw some wetsuits together because it was a last-minute thing. I grabbed, I grabbed my my vest that I, that I pull over. Just a just another insulation vest. It's like a two mil Maris vest, and then I've got a Henderson three mil shorty. I grabbed a backplate that doesn't have a wing or anything on. It. It's just it's just a backplate. Threw a tank on it. Grabbed a random reg. And jumped in the water. And man, I got to tell you, being, and and that's the first dive in the new pool. And all I was doing was I was trying to get some of the, the debris pushed down towards the, uh, towards the filtering system. And just getting into that flow of work, time just melted away. And while I was doing that, I had a chance to really think back to Martin Sigmund's model on explaining the theory of well-being, the, the PERMA model. And it, it felt good. And when I, finished, when I finished diving, my daughter asked, how long were you in the pool? And I, and I thought maybe 10, 15 minutes. I'd spent 45 minutes, and all I was focused on was moving debris down to a you know to, to the to the filter intake. So I just I thought that was I thought it was really interesting to just to get that get those moments where that things just melt away. You're, you're, you're in your element. One of the things that I recommend is to understand your strengths and really where you can find a lot of your well being is go out and take the VIA character strengths profile. I'll make sure that I put, I'll make sure that, that I, that I put it into the show notes, the the link. But basically if you go out and you look up VIA character strengths profile, you're going to find that profile test. And it gives a, it tells you what your top strengths are. There's 24, there's 24 different types of strengths that are out there. And I, I was kind of thrown off when I got my results back. I do a lot of diagnostic tests and surveys and questionnaires and things like that. So I'm I'm pretty, I feel like I'm pretty savvy on what's valid and not valid. And this one I feel is very, very valid. But what came back as my top four strengths, love of learning, curiosity, creativity, and appreciation of beauty and excellence. And when I think about the times that I found happiness and the times that time has just slipped away, melted away, it has been when those strengths were engaged. I know in Roatan, my dive buddy and I were astounded that we were doing one hour, one hour 10, one hour 20 minute dives, and it felt like it was only fifteen minutes. It felt like the dive had just started. Whereas when we're diving here, it's it's like oh my gosh, twenty five minutes, and it feels like it's an hour or so on on some days. And it's because that strength of appreciation of beauty and excellence and that love of learning, those are, you know, those are in that activity of what we're doing. I was also surprised to find that uh, twenty three and twenty four <laughs> were perseverance, which is finishing what starts. Actually, I'm not surprised by this one. Finishing what one starts, persevering in a course of action in spite of obstacles, getting it out the door. I know that I'm a much better. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a better catalyst. I'm a. I'm a better person to get that spark going, get it and you know, if, it was, if this was baseball, I'm great for the first six or seven innings. After that, I've got to have somebody come in and close. I totally get that. I, I know I'm a good starter. After that, I've got to leave it to somebody else. The one that threw me, though, was humility. And I had always thought that I was a fairly humble person, but according to this, I'm not. Oh, by the way, judgment was twenty as well, and my my folks and close family members will will agree to that. But anyway, that's I was just going over my my strengths there. But but it's the VIA character strengths profile. If you just put that in into your Google search, uh, you, you're going to find that. Hey, getting into this model of Dr. Sigmund. Again, he was he was the founder of the. The science of happiness. You know, what is is it that makes us us happy? And it's the science of positive psychology. When you think about all the times that we use psychology, it's when crap is going wrong. And we tend to revisit on a fairly regular basis, we tend to revisit the stuff that's holding us down. The stuff that's on that emotional weight belt. The stuff that you know we it, it's like it's like we get off on revisiting the trauma over and over again every time you go talk to a counselor you go talk to a counselor what's the first thing that they want to do is they want to re- revisit what puts you into trauma in the first place and it's positive psychology is such a breath of fresh air and it I think it corresponds with a lot of things that we're doing in within Neptune and that's finding those positive, Experiences, but it makes me ask the question sometimes: Why, why do we not want to be happy? And and I think I think that's probably a a minority of people who they just want to be in their doom and gloom. I mean, and you've met those people, right? No matter what you do, it's hard to pull them out. And every time you talk to them, in fact, they're they're energy sappers. Now, sometimes there's some stuff going on. There might be some mental illness. There might be some depression. And which, by the way, we default to doom and gloom. And we default to depression. We do, we default to helplessness. And that's some research that came out about, I guess about five or six years ago that talks about our default is always going back to that helpless mode. So being positive has, you know, you, that has to be actionable. You have to do certain things and very specific things in order to manifest your own happiness. It doesn't just happen automatically. You, you, have to, you have to go and, again, it's the pursuit of happiness. It's not something that's just going to come along that's going to happen. You actually have to pursue the happiness. So here's the five areas, and I'm, and I'm going to talk, uh, talk about each one of these here in a moment. But the five areas are, first of all, positive emotion. Second, engagement. Third is relationships. Fourth is meaning. And fifth is accomplishments. So it's PERMA. If you go back to meeting your basic needs, and this goes back into Maslow, right? So Maslow was, at the very basis, physical. Food, fire, water, shelter, sex. Physical. Safety was the next area. Do I feel psychologically safe? Am I physically safe? Then it goes. Maslow called this belonging. I call it team or tribe. Then the next level is esteem, and then the last level is self-actualization. Now I used to teach this a lot when I was doing a lot of survival training and a lot of bushcraft training. And a lot of times, I in in my leadership workshops, I would use a scuba example for that. So let's walk. Let's let's kind of walk through this. But one of the things we need to understand first about Maslow is. It it's a building block. If you don't have the basic level of of physical, you can't move to safety. And if you don't have safety, you can't move to belonging. And in Maslow's theory, they they built on each other. So let's look at this. Let's take a paper cup. And if I take that paper cup and I write those five areas, physical, then above that, I write safety, then above that, I wrote I write team. Above that, I write esteem, and above that, I write self-actualization. That way, we've got all five of those on that cup. You have to fill that cup with a liquid from the bottom to the top. So starting down with physical, then as the water fills up or whatever fluid you have in there, as it fills up, it moves from physical to safety to tribe to esteem to self-actualization. If I go in and I take a pen, and I poke a hole in the side of that cup, that water is gonna drain down to that level. So let's say that I I poke a hole in the side and it comes down to tribe or community or belonging. I can't get a person to self actualization if I can't provide for that need or, or that, that need that they have of team or tribe or belonging so let's put this into diving sense right we live here in idaho that's where we're based out of and water temperature right now out the lakes probably about 50 degrees when i take a new diver we're at either the ymca or Nampa rec or in my pool you know my 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 pool is at 65 to 68 degrees i put a diver in that pool and if i don't provide them with a way to stay warm, 10 minutes into the very first class before they ever get a chance to blow bubbles and breathe compressed air underwater, they're cold, and they're not even thinking about it. They may do it because I instruct them to do it, but the learning retention is really, really down. So I've got to make sure that I take care of those physical needs. Let's say I get them through training, right? They stay warm. They feel safe. They're with an instructor on, on first couple of of lake dives. When we get into areas where there's a little bit of limited visibility and they they you know they, they feel a little unsafe, maybe I hand them a dive light. Or maybe I wear a bright colored wetsuit, and so they can see me. They 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 feel safe. They're they're warm. They're breathing air. We finish up that dive. We finish up. Th- the their certification, and we welcome into the tribe of divers. Give them a high five. They get their they get their open water patch. They get an Neptune patch. They get to put a sticker on their card that identifies them as part of a community. So you see how we're building up here. We kept them warm. That's physical. They felt safe because they were with an instructor. Now we've welcomed them into a tribe. Oh, and 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 now, when we. When we meet for our sit by the pits that we do here, we recognize them. The leaderboard that I'm gonna put up here in a couple of in a in a couple of months that shows the number of dives that they've been doing. No matter where they sit on that leaderboard, they feel good about the number of dives that they've done. They get to brag to their friends that they're a diver. But then suddenly at some point they're like, man. I've had an epiphany, and I'm tired of seeing straws in the ocean. I'm tired of seeing plastic. I'm going to do something about that. That's the self-actualization component of it, right? So that's how Maslow builds up. And, and so that is a sense of well-being. And Maslow says that that self-actualized person has a stronger sense of well-being than someone who is much lower and just worried about the physical aspects or just if they're safe, the higher that you move up on that ladder, the more valued you feel and the better your sense of well-being is. All right, so then we're going to fast forward from Maslow, who's early 60s, late 50s, early 60s, up to Martin Silgman, Dr. Martin Silgman, around, I don't know, 97, 98, 99, somewhere in that time frame started talking about and started addressing mental illness, moving the way that 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 is addressed and and actually moving away from the focus of mental illness and really start moving towards what is good and what is positive. And that's where he came up with his theory of well-being that has this PERMA model. So the very first one, positive emotion. And positive emotion really is, you know, again, happiness is kind of one of those terms that's like, uh, you know, I mean, what do we do with that, right? It doesn't feel like you can put data around that, and you actually can. But positive emotion is more than just being happy. It is going to include things like compassion and empathy and gratitude and pride, hope, interest. All those things are positive emotion. And... What I found is in myself and people that I observe is that when we can explore and integrate and appreciate positive emotions into our daily life and and on top of that, visualize what the future is going to be, it improves our thinking habits and the way that we act. We also find, and there's data that backs us up, and I've seen it firsthand in myself and my divers, is that positive emotions can also undo harmful effects of negative emotions and actually promotes resilience. And, that, and that's one of the areas that the Army's focusing on right now is that resilience. Why is it that one person can go through some really bad things and then six months later be up and running and someone else can't? And and that's stuff that they've been looking at since the early days of both of our conflicts in Afghanistan and Iraq. So some ways that we can build positive emotion Feels pretty, um, it, it almost goes without saying, but I think sometimes we have to hear it. Number one is find people that you care about. Find people that you love. Find people who've got the same interest and they look out for you and you look out for them and spend some time with them. Having that positive emotion means working with those around you. When I used to teach survival, we talked about the rule of threes. So the, the standards were three hours exposed to extreme weather conditions, someone can die you go three days without water you can dehydrate and die three weeks without food you can die the two that we don't talk about a whole lot or that you don't hear about a whole lot one is three seconds without faith and hope because once that what once you lose hope you start circling the drain pretty quick because it dog piles you very quickly when you start to lose faith and hope and then the second one is three months without human contact. That's why going back to like the Tower of London, right, or, or even in modern-day correctional systems, one of the things that they'll do is they'll put someone in solitary confinement because they're, they're not having those social interactions, even if they're negative social interactions, right, but having no social interactions at all is, is a form of punishment. Someone can actually have cognitive decline If they don't have social interactions, this is why it's so important that we take care of our elderly that are in rest homes and other facilities. They've got to have that social interaction with people that they care about and people that care about them. Even if it gets to a point where, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia start setting in and maybe it's up to that point. I don't know because that's not my area of expertise. Like I have an area of expertise, but that's not really my area of expertise, but I know that when I've done volunteer programs when I was much, much younger and going into care facilities, people loved seeing you, and they loved seeing that interaction, especially if you were someone who came back on a regular basis. My dive buddy used to work in, in that industry, and just having that interaction with someone you know three or four times a week was huge. So she would go out, and, and she had several clients that she would go and, and do home visits with and just spend the day with them. They'd play cards, and they would talk about the past and, and watch TV with them, just having that human interaction. And we know through data that strong social networks are a huge contributor to better physical health with our older adults. That's why tribe is so important for us in Neptune. The other part of that is making sure that you are celebrating success with people who you care about and people who care about you. Man, I love it when we get someone who promotes up or does a specialty class and, and we, re- we get an opportunity to recognize them for an underwater naturalist course or badass diver or dive master, master scuba diver, open water. Who cares what it is? But that ability to celebrate that success is huge. And, and it's the way you celebrate it. And, and asking them to think back and reflect back on how they accomplished it. You know, with our, with our master scuba divers and our, and our badass divers, asking them what that experience was about takes them back to those feel-good moments. And it brings back that positive emotion. And then, of course, when we get a chance to share good news and celebrate that success on our social media pages, they get a chance to do it. Uh, When we respond enthusiastically to news, man, I love it. I love it when I get one of my divers who gets to do things that I have never been able to do. So a few months after certification, Jen Turner had a chance to go swim with baby seals. Matt and John went out and did ice diving, something I swear I will never, ever do. But they had a chance to go out and do ice diving. And it's celebrating those successes and asking them what that was like and how they felt after that dive brings back those positive emotions. And that's something we have to actively do as people who care about our communities and care about those in our communities. Having those, those positive emotions and then having that engagement brings about a, a level of joy that's hard to repeat. I mean, you can actually see the brain fire when, when, when you do, you know, when you do, um, you know, PET scans and things like that, and you see someone who is engaging at that, at that level, you know, that, that is huge stuff that, that whole engagement component of it is, is huge. And it, it helps in, in, in building that character. When we're engaged, we have an opportunity to get into what we or to what is called flow, and it's a it's a combination of the challenge that you are are pursuing and the strength that is found. So when we're doing engagement, you know, things that yesterday when, when I when I was in the pool. And all I was doing was sweeping the debris down towards a, a, a filter system. Time melted away. I was engaged in what I was doing. I was in that flow. Remember, one of my, you know, my, my number two on my, on my character strengths profile is curiosity. Number three is Creativity. And finding creative ways, and being curious about as I moved that stuff through, you know, and basically I was, I was sweeping with my hands, right? I was just using my water to to create, you know, uh, uh, a hydraulic force underwater to to move that debris down towards the drain, and time just melted away because I was so deeply engaged in that. You know, when when you find things that you love, when you're participating in activities that you really enjoy, that's where you're going to lose track of time. It's all about living in the moment. I love spending time in nature. And, and I love getting out there and doing, sometimes doing just nothing. When I was teaching survival and bushcraft, I would grab my backpack, go out to the woods, set up a sit spot, build a fire, Break out my lunch. I carried a little tea kettle with me. You know, a little backpack-sized tea kettle. I throw that on, heat it up, drink some tea, and just observe nature. I used to teach at this survival camp that was for kids. 300 kids would come through in a day. And I was done. People forget that I'm an introvert. And by the end of that workshop, or by the end of that that's my seminars, I would do like six or six, seven, eight seminars, 300 kids, I was done. I would get up on Sunday morning, grab my dog, throw my backpack in the back of my Jeep, drive up to the mountains, and do nothing. I didn't care if it was raining, snowing, sunshining, whatever, right? I would do nothing. And and time would just melt away. There's times where I grab my ukulele and I'm just vegging out. And I mean, I will spend 20, 30, 40 minutes just playing on the on the ukulele. And if somebody asks me, hey, what are you thinking about? What are you doing? I can't tell you because I'm, I'm so into that flow. But, you know, spending time in nature, that was one of the things I really enjoyed about Hawaii versus Rotan. Now, Rotan had great diving, and it was totally different experiences. With Hawaii, I had a chance to get out and just walk on a very quiet beach, getting up in the morning, being by myself, watching the tide come in. I get to do that up in nature, and even even locally. I mean, I don't have to go to a beach or the mountains or anything like that. I can go out to my local park. I can go outside and just walk without my shoes on. The next part is positive relationships, and I kind of jumped into this a little bit earlier when I was talking about um, you know make, making sure that we're around people and and making sure that that we are. You know, that we're socially connected, and that those relationships and and are are positive relationships, and they and they feed us and and they fill our tank. I always caution people on this: is ensure that the person, you know, that you're very careful with your heart, because the person who validates you can also invalidate you. So you have to be in a healthy environment, but also doing things like. Joining a class. What one of the things that we provide in Neptune is we provide an opportunity for people to join in, be part of a positive community. And it's a it's something obviously they're interested in because they're interested in diving. Maybe they're interested in veterans issues, maybe they are a veteran, maybe there's someone who wants to help a veteran. But through this, it helps people to create friendships and also get in touch with people they haven't spoken to in a while, because in diving, let's face it, you go through open water diver, right? You go through in, in, in a standard class, you go through six, eight, 10, I don't know how many, how many are people that they push through nowadays. And you may never see those people again, unless you're going on a trip with them or one of them happens to be a spouse or a boyfriend or, or something like that. And you lose contact. Well, one of the things that we offer is an opportunity because we do teach private and semi-private lessons or we take people in that are already certified, we give them that opportunity to get in touch with people and stay connected. The next part is meaning. So as we go through the model, having a sense of value and having a sense of worth is an intrinsic human quality. That search for meaning and having to have that need fulfilled drives us; it propels us. If you look at the work that Viktor Frankl did in *Man's Search for Meaning*, there's a there's a lot of little nuggets of of what life is about and searching for meaning. Most of us spend very mundane days. So for my day gig, for my day gig, honestly that we just had an engagement survey, right? I, I have a tough time relating what I do that really matters to other people. Now I've been shown that and and I've got a great boss who's been able to, to share that, you know, you know, really kind of show me where where the lines are at. But, you know, for me, am I saving lives in my day gig? No, you know, and, and I, I want to do, you know, obviously I want to do a good job there. But there's days, not every day, but there's days where it is more about filling the pocket than it is about filling the soul. And that's why I enjoy the work that I do with veterans and, and others and not, you know non-veterans through Neptune because I, there is where I feel meaning. Victor Frankl talks about in his book that when he was in a concentration camp, one of the things that they would do is that they would go in and they would build a wall. And just about the time that that wall was built, it would get knocked down and they would have to go build another wall. If you've ever seen a movie where a prisoner is being punished and they have to move one rock pile to another rock pile and then just about the time they get done, they have to move the rock pile to another spot or to another place. And it's not just the physical demand, it's the mental demand of not feeling accomplished at anything. We all have to have a purpose in life. As a matter of fact, one of the things I recommend to people who are going through relationship issues or have gone through a breakup or find themselves in toxic relationship after toxic relationship is go find a purpose, not a person. Because if you go out and find a purpose and you feel uh, fulfilled, you're self-fulfilled, you're meeting that self-actualization, the person's going to come along. Because you don't need that person making you feel good. You need to be feeling good about the things that you are doing. Having meaning or a purpose in life, it, it looks different for everybody. For some people, it might be your profession. I talk to people every day. Oh, I'm so passionate about this project. I'm passionate about working for this company. I'm really excited about, about this next endeavor. Okay, those people, they're, they're, they're fulfilled by what they are doing as a profession. There's people that get it through social. There's people who get it through political causes. You see this stuff on Facebook and, and other social media all the time. They are so wrapped up in their political causes. But, hey, that's, that's what drives them. And, I, honestly, I'd rather see people out actively doing something other than just posting on Facebook when it comes to their political cause. Go door to door or I, I, you know, whatever it looks like, right? I, I don't know because that's not an area that I I have an affinity for. Uh, creative end, endeavors. Religious stuff, spiritual stuff. All right, that's, that's what gives them meaning. Volunteering, doing community activities. So finding ways to get involved in a cause or finding ways to get involved in an organization helps to provide meaning for me Neptune is more therapeutic for me as a person than probably what it is for than what it is for everybody else because I mean this is what heals me this helps me in the ghost that I've been chasing for years for a, a way for me to make amends for some things Neptune is what gives me meaning. So you need to go find what gives you meaning. I'm hoping it's Neptune because I could use some volunteers. But whatever it happens to be, seriously, whatever it happens to be, go follow that, okay? And and you know that it is meaningful to you by the, the fruits of your labor, right? You know, actively participating with them. You know, do you brand by that? I mean, I've got Neptune flags, I've got Neptune t-shirts, I've got a Neptune tattoo. I mean, that is what gives me meaning. And it changes, right? At one point, making sure people survived in the woods provided meaning for me. The day that it didn't is when I stepped away from Adventure IQ. When I stepped away from, when I really stepped away from Adventure IQ, what I stepped away from was teaching survival, specifically teaching survival for kids. Because I hit a point Were no longer provided meaning. I no longer felt valued. I wasn't getting that positive reinforcement for me anymore. And so I stepped away. I remember my grandmother used to say things like, uh, "When God closes a door, He opens up. uh, You know, you know, opens up another door for you, right?" Well, in that case, I chose to walk out the door because it never, it never. or it got to a point, I don't want to say never, it got to a point where it didn't provide that that meaning for me anymore. Because I was really big into making sure that kids could survive should they got lost. That was that was my passion was making sure that if a kid got lost in the woods, that they'd be able to find themselves to get back. Or if a hunter, you know, an adult hunter or hiker or whoever. Well it got to a point where I felt like Nobody was listening to that message anymore. And by the way, Idaho is very tough to teach that message because everybody's grown up in the woods, right? Uh, I, you know, I hunt these woods all the time. No, you go out and you scout from your truck and then you go and get your, you know, you get your your deer or your elk on day one, day two, day three. You put it in the truck and you drive back, okay? And that's not living in the woods compared to someone who teaches survival that has gone out for 10, 12, 15, in one case, 23 days to live in the woods. It's different, right? And again, Idaho is very tough to to teach that message. And it gets even tougher when you have people who don't support you in the message that you're teaching. And actually they counter what you're teaching. And so after a while, you're like, screw it, I'm done because it no longer gives meaning. You're not getting those positive emotions and you're not getting that engagement back with you. I used to be able to go I'm going I'm going to pop back into engagement just for a second. But I used to be able to go out and when I was in my in my sit spot, I could I could be there for hours working on a new bow drill set. So a bow a bow drill is what you use to create fire from friction or just tying survival bracelets. Now I've carried that over back over into Neptune where you know we we joke about underwater basket weaving, but I teach people to to build survival bracelets underwater. Just because you it gets them doing something. I still feel like hands are the are the ancient opioid. You know, used to when as a matter of fact women that were anxious Used to get prescribed knitting by doctors. That was an actual prescription that they would give, was to knit. Well, it's because the hands are busy, right? The hands are doing something. So that's again going back to engagement. I need to get back over to meaning because that's where I'm at. But getting involved in a cause or an organization, uh, think about things that you're passionate about and how that can help others. And you know, finding you know finding ways that. That you can contribute and, and find and find meaning. My granddad used to tell me that when when you're when you're feeling down, uh, when you're feeling down or you're you know not feeling good or if you know, things are just going wrong for you, go help someone else. And I can remember days that after my grandmother died, when he, when he was in kind of his darkest spots, he would actually go help other people because it was providing meaning for him. And it's that, you know, it's that, it's that doing, doing for others. And that leads into, it, it actually leads into accomplishments, which is the next part of the model. So when we look at our open water divers, when we look at our badass divers, as we look at our master scuba divers, that sense of accomplishment, they've worked really hard towards those goals. They've, they've hit a sense of mastery, They've had the self-motivation to get there. They've read, especially our our badass divers and our master scuba divers that we have in Neptune, they have worked extremely hard to get to those areas, right? They've read a lot of books. They've done a lot of experiments. They've built a lot of projects. Of course, they've done a lot of diving. And all that includes concepts like perseverance, having that passion to get to that goal. Maybe they've gone out and they've set smart goals. Smart, meaning specific, measurable, uh, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. They've set goals for themselves to to meet. By the way, the dive masters and master scuba divers that I see that don't accomplish is that they don't set those smart goals. And your smart goal can't be, I'm going to complete master scuba diver by X date. It has to be, I'm going to read Scuba Exceptional by May 1st. I'm going to do a report on uh, Gareth Locke's book on human factors by X date. It's setting out those those goals and having it to be measurable, making sure that it's achievable, and then putting time on it. Because if you don't put time on it, it's not going to happen. And I've got a couple of master scuba divers and a couple of dive master candidates. That's what's happening is that they haven't set a specific goal on when they're going to accomplish certain things in their programs. And so they're just kind of floundering around. And I understand that you know work, kids, job, career, school, other things get in the way. And that's cool. Set your SMART goal around that. I, I know the goals that I have not met. I've got one right now with my financial coaching. My financial coaching business is floundering right now because I'm not going out and getting the leads like I need to. And and I openly admit that the clients I've had, I've had great success with. In fact, I've had enough success with them that they don't need a financial coach anymore, which is, which is cool. That's the point you want to get them to. I mean, they're at a point now where they're doing six month check ins. Well, I can't I can't make a living on six month check ins. But it's my fault because I'm not the one who went out and set specific, measurable achievable realistic and time-bound goals that's that's all on me so going out and and finding ways to you know to, to, to meet those accomplishments and then also giving giving you know giving positive feedback on the accomplishments so one of the things that we do is after a good dive we do an AAR we do an after-action review, again to bring that person, like I like I was talking about earlier, on providing, uh, you know, that that feedback as part of the relationship component of the model and the engagement component of the model, is hey, how did you feel? How was that for you? What did you feel when when you accomplished that? So making sure that they that that comes about. Some other components. So later on in the model. There, there has you know there's discussion around things like characteristics like optimism. That that brings it back a or helps you with pursuing happiness, making sure that you're having physical activity, getting enough sleep, nutrition. All those are are components of of the model as as well. So a little longer podcast today, but I, you know. Following this model for me has really helped out in in the times where it's just been it's it's sucked. I mean, I've had I've had uh, you know history a couple years ago where things just sucked. A relationship was ending uh, was at that point was not ending on on really good terms. It, any relationship, ending on good terms or not, you spend 20 plus years with you know with someone and then not only that but the friends and everything else i mean it sucks and i got to tell you finding hope and that wanting that pursuit of happiness made a difference for me and and i am a strong believer in post traumatic growth i look at the things that tore me down and were holding me back and i've found ways to grow from those adversities it doesn't mean that people aren't still hurting doesn't mean that people still don't deal with the trauma that they faced, but it's just a matter of giving them a little bit of hope, helping them get engaged, building out some of those positive relationships, finding some meaning for them and creating that spark of hope. It's just like the diver I've told you about before that doesn't like diving in a low viz until I hand them a really, really bright dive light. And then once they can see that there's something out there for them. They're totally cool in that dive. Hey, thanks for listening for this podcast or listening to this podcast and uh, look forward to it. Make sure that... Just take some time out this week. Reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in a while. Call that Dive Buddy. Find that Dive Buddy you went through Open Water Dive with and got paired up with because you didn't know them and they didn't know you and the instructor just said, hey, you and you are happen to be dive buddies, reach out to that person, whether they're diving or not. Reach out to your instructor. Give them some feedback and positive encouragement. And with everything else, remember that as long as you've got air, you are all right.